Mike, get on this. No. Nah. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> Look, I can only make golden toilets. I can't make golden yachts. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna nah. Whatever. Be happy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Bluffus Erectus. <laughs> and Jim. Time not important. Only podcast important. Today, we cover episode 47, part one of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. In episode 47, part one's title is Doug's treasure hunt. The treasure was nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> Nobody gets anything. This is a complete fucking waste of time. The treasure was knowledge. <laughs> knowledge was the treasure. Kind of. <laughs> it kind of is. Cause this, this, this one sucks, man. This one fucking oh, yeah. sucks. I, I'm, I'm such, on such a come down from the last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to be because the last two rocked. But like... This one, I honestly think that saying the treasure was knowledge is appropriate because I think this one has a lot of lore implications for it us. It does. It has a lot. I mean, it's also it also has Oogie in it, but he's called Mr. Oogie instead of Professor Oogie. Here. Yeah. So perhaps only his professorate is the uh, thing that makes you know it's not real. I, my first question was maybe this isn't real, and then my second question was I don't I don't care. <laughs> that like, is the question i ask myself most often i don't care it's such a shame because like it does demonstrably take place in the oogie verse right because mr professor oogie occurs but uh, there's like, an oogie and fentruck is here too somehow but like I, I i want it to be real because there's so many like lore implications in this there's one so right? many weird decisions in this one uh -huh. very odd yes <laughs> Like it's a first time for Doug, I know. But there's a lot of weird <laughs> decisions. In this one. There's weird things that like don't make sense that they're here, but they are regardless. Yeah, they don't go anywhere, but they repeat it <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> and so I want it to be real, right? I really do, but it, I don't know if it is. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Is anything real, man? <laughs> How can you own dirt? It's bomb. <laughs> Huge you dog own rip. dirt by peeing on it, you idiot, you moron. Pork Chop has shown us the way. Of course. This is Pork Chop the bone detector, as we find out. Well, so it begins by Doug telling us, he says, Bluffington. Nobody suspected this sleepy little town contained an incredible secret. There's no secret, really. No. <laughs> I mean, the secret. They found, they found a dude. <laughs> now, the secret, hilariously enough, is the mind-blowing implication that maybe there was somebody in America before white people got here, <laughs> and that the 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 white people who own the town, like the 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 people who have run this town since day one, pretty much, want to then cover that secret up. 
Right? Like, uh-huh. this yeah. is a story that's about, like, they, Doug is, of course, oblivious the whole time to, like, everything, right? But there is a bunch of subtext in this one that the bluffs are way more sinister than we already knew they were, right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, this This episode goes over the history of the bluffs, and it's so weird like this is supposed to be America, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> because I don't think it I don't think it is because he, yeah. It's so weird that they just leave out the people that might have been here before the bluffs got here, but I don't know <laughs> if the bluffs just like moved from another state or something or another. It's like if a German guy went to France. <laughs> I don't know if that's of. the I don't know if that's the situation. I don't think here. that's ever happened in history. That <laughs> never at any point is a German marched, marched into France and said hi. I, I own this now. <laughs> yes, I was the first one here. No, I I think it, they might just be coming from persecution in Liver City, right? Yeah, because I mean, like, I, it, they just totally, there's no Native Americans here. There's well, there's none. There are, there's no non-bluff people, period. Well, there are, but they covered it up, right? Yeah, we actually see in the video... Mr. Bluff killing the two people who might also have claimed to have a claim on the territory. Because remember, we there is a play about this too, right? Like there was the 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 production yes. that the kids put on, and in when we reviewed that play, there was a bunch of subtext in it of yes, we are coming in to chop down the trees <laughs> to make room for our civilization, and we like what say you wife, and we and we postulated that the. Tree Trees were a metaphor for the local populace, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's more evidence to suggest that might be the case. I but we'll get there when we get there. I really think so. All right. So we zoom past uh, the school campus. Like, we do an overhead shot of the town. And the school campus we see here that is fucking enormous, right? It's the size of, like, city blocks. <laughs> but we already knew that. Uh, the elementary school, by the way. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we we zoom past like the Bluffington estate and into the shrubs, and now we're in a fantasy. Doug says it's a crack team of fearless adventurers uncovering a secret buried long ago and forgotten. And it's like kind of an Indiana Jones kind of thing, right? Where they're like yeah. digging into like an underground tomb. And also uniquely for the Indiana Jones style thing. This time, Doug is not casting himself as the uh, most important person there. He's casting (laughs) himself as the minion of Professor Skeeter. Yes. And Professor Porkchop. Dr. Skeetrix, Professor Porkchop. Hurry, I found something. Dama Skeetrix. (laughs) (laughs) And Professor Porkchop is smoking a fucking pipe. Uh huh. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Maybe he's put chocolate in the pipe. <laughs> smokeable, smokeable chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, write that down. <laughs> that's I've got we, an invention to submit to the government. We got we got to put that in our uh, our store where we sell all our other useless shit that we've come up with. World's show. best sub and a, a rocket that digs down. <laughs> yes, and the uh, the 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 butt plug shaped wallets <laughs> and the pig doll, the Doug pig doll. <laughs> and everything that I've said will be on the Patreon. Of course, all of Jim's awful lore. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's awful lore. You can pay money to have it removed from your brain. Well, so Doug the Minion shovels more into this tomb, and he triggers like an earthquake, I guess. 
And then a dinosaur jumps out of the tomb and they run. It's it's Reptar. Yeah. It's just it's straight up just Reptar. It's, it's a green fucking T-Rex. It's Doug digging down into the next episode of what's coming up next on Nickelodeon and going, Oh god, this is more powerful than me. <laughs> I wonder why they never tried to do a crossover of any of the Nick early Nick cartoons. Because Tommy would beat up Doug. <laughs> Yeah, my I mean my my idea is like the, even the Rugrats was too out there for Doug. <laughs> I think so too. I think it would be all of the other shows were too interesting for Doug and Doug, right. would, Doug would like walk in the crossover. Everyone else would go on an adventure, and Doug would walk up and be like, "You guys go on ahead." Right, Doug would just go to the library. <laughs> Doug would buy and his everyone. fantasies. His fantasies would just be represented by him standing there motionless and not blinking. <laughs> Doug would buy everyone a bird after they got back from their adventure and tell them about what he imagined. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hire me, Nickelodeon. Of course. Well, so Doug says, we go to the the title card and we come back, and they say that Doug says that he, he didn't set out to change the history of Bluffington. And when he's saying that, he, he he's writing this in his journal, right? And he writes the words, I didn't set out. And then he takes a minute to think about what to write next. One moment. <laughs> like, imagine imagine like you're, you're writing in your journal. You write the phrase, I didn't set out. And then you're like, hmm, what to say next? <laughs> I didn't like, set out. In fact, I just kind of sat here for a while. <laughs> so how you been? It's like when you're opening a new folder and your computer does the little blue swirly for a second. <laughs> kind of. But typically in that moment, you're like, come on, come on. I know what I want to do next. <laughs> oh, man. You're just on His the His brain has again. a pentium, too. Yes. <laughs> Which also couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, he says it all started when Mr. Oogie showed us an old movie. And so we're back in the Oogieverse, right? This, if, you haven't, if you're a new listener, welcome. And also, we have postulated that the presence of Mr. or Professor Oogie, the teacher, uh, is a clear sign that this is a fake episode, right? That this episode didn't yeah, happen. Because mm-hmm. Professor Oogie's first episode was entirely in Doug's head, like, canonically. <laughs> That's not just our brain illness. <laughs> right, he, he made him he up. Wrote, it, was, it was a Quailman episode written in a comic, and it pans out at the end to show that Doug had written it right and that was like the introduction to professor oogie and then it just so happened that every time we saw him after was so fucking unbelievable that we were like all right this is <laughs> this is the first time he's mr oogie so maybe this is real who knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah doug just is like he's a science man he's a big professor <laughs> why would a professor be in a grade school duh he's mr oogie why right. would you say such a thing or maybe he lost his doctor's license <laughs> in this episode <laughs> He, got, he lost he, his ability to practice gender studies. <laughs> yes, he said some bad shit, and then they uh, they took away his degree. Oh well, retroactively declaring you not a professor of physics anymore. Go teach small children how fucking works. Right. Well, so he's showing them an old movie, and he has the AV club setting up a film projector for him. And in this, so. 
We see a shot. We we went on a long discussion of the character Lincoln from the AV Club's dress, like what he dressed like last last time, right? And he's dressed the same in this one. He has the same fucking weird collar uh, that's the same color as his tie, right? But mm-hmm. when he's setting up the projector, he has like braces headgear on. And then later when we see him in the audience, he doesn't, he's not wearing the headgear anymore. And then when he goes to take down the projector, he's wearing the headgear again. And he's it's never, and he's never had headgear before. So who knows, man? Oh, uh-huh, man. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's getting warm. Yeah, me too. Well, so they set up the movie. Billy Bluff presents the birth of Bluffington. Interesting title. <laughs> right. I was I was talking about this in the group chat earlier. I don't know if this is just me trying to squeeze content out of a rock. <laughs> but I mean, is that a reference to Birth of a Nation? Because it's an old black and white film that has sort of the same title card as Birth of a Nation. Yeah. There's a couple of similarities, not least in that it promotes a vision of a founding mythology that has nothing to do with reality and everything to do with how a rich Virginian would like his contributions to history to be remembered right so for those not aware do one of you guys want to give a short summary then cut out like don't go like you know don't make it too bad but give a brief explanation of this i keep on smiling bigger the longer (laughs) you add that but i will i will hold myself back and let's say it's one of the first movies it's an old ass black and white i think it's silent and it's racist as shit it's about the clan it's like paints the clan in like a heroic light right yeah, it's like one of the progenitors of like the lost cause theory or whatever. Oh, jeez. It's also well known for the fact that it, it did pioneer a bunch of good cinematography. Like, there are tricks that got first used in Birth of a Nation that have since been used in other less hideously racist movies. <laughs> but, like, it was the first silent movie that actually had like a compelling through line and plot and action shots and all that cool shit. It's just that it was also all about how, hey, you know what's cool? The Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> well, yeah. Not great. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that they would make a black and white film here, right? Like, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes me. That's what, and you also, like, what kind of a billionaire keeps Billy as a name? Just go down to Bill. <laughs> well, no, like, no, no, what no, no. kind of a pervert wants to be called Billy? This is this this is clearly because it shows a picture of Billy Bluff, and it's clearly him when he's in his like twenties, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is not uh, modern day Bill Bluff. Well, he's still a billionaire because he he inherited it. That's I true. I think these might be back in the early days when these people were merely millionaires. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. These people have owned the town since forever, yeah, right? Yeah, but it was hard to hit billions from just Virginia land ownership. Fair. And maybe this was when, so he made this movie. Maybe he made it back when he was like, you know, he's like, oh man, I, I'm so rich, so I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to make movies, right? Yeah. I'm not going to, like, follow in my father's footsteps. Yeah. I'm not going to do my fucking dad stuff. And then he goes off to and discovers, oh, no, actually, I can't make a living doing this. I'm going to come back to my father hat in hand, and my father will feel so deeply happy and accept me back because dad remembers when he did the same thing. Exactly. Trying to escape the horrible legacy that, no, 
the money owns you, not the other way around. <laughs> well, yeah, so he, he's made this movie. He's decided to make a movie about the history of his family lineage and their role in founding Bluffington. Uh, and yeah, and BB like in the audience does clap her hands and say that uh, her dad made it, and Connie also claps. <laughs> also notice that this means that BB is at least the second BB in a row because Dad is also Bill Bluff BB. Oh shit! Uh, Wait a minute. So they BBB. Yeah, she's BBB. So maybe oh maybe the uh, uh, Bill Bluff's dad wasn't a B name because he just had one B in his name and he's like, what if we make a B B name? And then Bill Bluff is like, what if we make a B B B name? <laughs> What the fact that Whatever. she's going to have to find a way to name her kid and add another B into the mix is going to be so good. Yes. And this is how we get King DDT. Yes. BBB's kid. Yes. It's the only way to level up after you've gone to that many Bs. You have to start going down letters in the alphabet. Of course. Well, CC's pizza. Ugh. Oh, my God. Well, so this movie begins, and they say that even though the landscape of Bluffington has changed over the last 10 million years, nothing mattered until 1639. The true history of Bluffington began in 1639, when the first man in recorded history placed his foot upon Pigeon Rock in the foothills of the Poulet Mountains, the great Thaddeus Bluff. I would like to point out that the opening sequence does offer supporting evidence for this being the outskirts of Richmond, Virginia, because it opens up with some massive mountains, and then over time they are worn down to smaller, smoother mountains, which is more or less what happened to the Appalachians. Like, the Appalachians are a really, really old mountain range, and so they are less aggressive than, say, the Rockies. Okay, that makes sense. So there's actual, like, topographical evidence for this then, too. Yes. Nice. Well, so the shot is, though, of Thaddeus, like, walking up onto this rock that's shaped like a bird. And then he, like, claims it. And then he fucking, like, smacks his wife and kid off the rock in the claim and, like, doesn't comment on it and, like, doesn't help them, right? Seriously, the other people who might have been able to claim access to the land died in a tragic falling accident. <laughs> oh my god. Because yeah, so like he doesn't like it's like an extended shot of him smacking them off the rock and like holding his hands up as they scream and fall, right? So this is intentional. Mm-hmm. This is entirely intentional. Oh yeah. Yes. I claim this land in the name of the Bluff family. They say that he then afterwards led a group of settlers to this place, right? So this is not his wife and kids. He, like, goes back and gets a bunch of other people and brings them here. From yes. where, Billy? <laughs> where did they come from? Who knows? Oh, you know. Places. Liver City. Because they say they did it in order to practice the piano in a matter of their own choosing. That's the funniest goddamn thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Which Fuck is, yeah, I'm laughing. I yeah. love it. Contemporaneously, incidentally, the reason why there was all this immigration to America at the dawn of the country was because Europe was a seething morass of civil wars that would not stop. And if you stuck around back home, you were rolling the dice on whether or not your lord and the next lord over would get in a fight that involved your house being burned down. <laughs> So anybody who could get enough coins together to 
haul ass off to America on the grounds that over here, at the very least, your death is not going to be thanks to a noble dipshit deciding, I want that other guy's land. <laughs> Instead, you can practice the piano all day. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta bang my head on the piano. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of talk about religious freedom and all that. That was true for maybe like a tiny fraction of settlers. For most of them, it was, please, God, let me get out of this shithole before it kills me. And even then, it was like freedom to be a different type of Christian, right? <laughs> yes. Like the right. ones who wrote it's that. It's a freedom like, to ban dancing. <laughs> yes. Like the... There was only a very small group, but that very small group's descendants were the people who wrote a lot of the textbooks after the Civil War. Ah. And so that's the story everybody has heard when it was true for maybe like 15% of the population at the absolute highest level. Well, here it shows that the people love to bash the piano with their face and do body slams on it and hit it with hammers. <laughs> Funniest goddamn thing ever. They fucking Just love so it. so fucking hilarious. They linger on this shot for, like, what? 15, 20 <laughs> seconds, and everyone feels like an eternity. And apparently pianos are a huge part of their culture, because they say Thaddeus thought he was super lucky, and then a piano falls on his head. So did somebody murder Thaddeus? Yes. I don't, I don't get what this is trying to do, because, like, the bluffs are lucky. Yeah. Like, why? what is the point of him? Because they have multiple bad luck gags. Yes. No, I th they have multiple bad luck gags, but I think the angle on this is a fairly important one. Because let's continue on down the hierarchy. Let's just recall that Thaddeus <laughs> Bluff, our illustrious founder, gets completely murked by something stupid. Yeah. So piano falls mm -hmm. on his head, and then he says that... Thaddeus' grandson, Amos, made the first industry. So I guess they skipped his son, right? They went directly... His son or his daughter. His daughter may just... They, oh. For whatever reason, the intervening generations are not to be discussed. Yeah. 40 years down the line, so keeping track of our timeline, we are probably around, let's see here... 1679, 40 years down the line. 1670, 40 years down the line is the grandson? Yeah, so we're at like 1679, so we are now, America is a slightly more developed place, Virginia is a more developed place, a hierarchy has started to develop, and somebody's grandson hauls ass out to the territory that Grandpa colonized, saying, well, at least I know that there's probably not that much trouble out here. <laughs> if this is America... If this is yeah. America, right, of course. But let's assume I, it is, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a punchline to this. We'll get there. <laughs> so, grandson Amos makes the first industry, they say. The good luck charm factory. And then it fucking blows up and burns down, and Amos also dies by having a piano drop on his head, right? Weird how these people who go out into the middle of nowhere in colonial Virginia without paying <laughs> attention to the people who already lived there died mysteriously. <laughs> Damn shame the kind of things that can happen out there when you are messing with the trees. <laughs> they didn't have factories in 1679. <laughs> they... They kind of did, but certainly not in Virginia. The and word absolutely not in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Basic industry was a thing people had figured out, but also nobody had, like, definitely not in Virginia. Dear God, it was the stupidest idea imaginable. Sure. 
Well, that's why it blew up and burned down in this scene. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you built these on an ocean because transporting anything anywhere was a huge pain in the ass. Like, somebody builds a factory in the middle of nowhere. Now, that's that's very much a story that was come up much later by a great-great-grandson trying to make his ancestor sound cooler. Right. Saying that he ran off into the middle of nowhere to form a compound and everyone there died. Much less impressive. <laughs> Well, so then strangely, they say that the next grandson down the line, again, they skip a generation, right? And they go to the next grandson down the line, grandson Rudolph. He, they say that he created the town elsewhere, right? They, he mm-hmm. moves away from Pigeon Rock, right? And he makes Bluffing Town. So this is a totally different area now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so- the reason for this is because of the timeline roughly matches up such that this is around the time of the French and Indian War. Okay. This is the part where the American colonists and the English teamed up to shoot a whole bunch of French and Native Americans in the name of securing the American colonies against any further, uh, against people who would try to top, stop us from taking more land. And so I put forward that grandson number three here He teamed up, he was part of a militant land grab, and they resettled the territory that his grandfather had lost. Okay. Wait, so how did he lose the, he lost it somehow? He lost it in a different way? No, he lost, yeah, the original area that the grandfather lost due to pissing off the locals. Well, now that suddenly he had access to English soldiers to back him in his claim... (laughs) All of a sudden, cutting down the trees got a lot easier. I see, and that's why he was able to establish a full town rather than just some one random building that gets blown up in a, like, raid. Yes. Ah, I see. Okay, I like that. So the pianos are obviously symbolism for, you know, yeah, other, random other things. acts of who could imagine what. Definitely yes. nothing we deserved. There was no point at which we may be antagonizing the locals. It's just bad luck. How could this happen to us? Damn this thing. <laughs> so that's There's Steve, nothing Steve. that could have been done. So that's big yeah. to your point, Sam, when you're like, but the bluffs are lucky. Why is this here? It's because it's not bad luck. It's a symbol for something else happening. Shit. It's a metaphor. It's a it metaphor. is also a feature of there's an awful lot of the people who hit it big, the family was one wealthy but two there's always a couple of people who really fucked up in the (laughs) family's history and so you can say yes we built ourselves up from nothing kind of like how bill gates built himself up from merely having a couple hundred thousand dollars from his parents oh shit so that's oh okay 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 so this speaks to what when Sam was saying, like, okay, factories weren't a thing. The good luck charm factory was like they went out and found gold or something, right? Yeah. It wasn't it, the factory never existed. The factory is they went, exploited the natural resources, pissed off all oh the locals, God, I know and then what got killed. Is. What is it? Like, what you it wasn't even it wasn't gold. Like this is early colonization of Virginia. Okay. They found a Native American group that had figured out how to farm and then took their land oh shit so the good luck factory was farmable land 
farmable land that has oh. been farmed before and the previous owners, well, they just went off somewhere. Don't oh worry about my. that. Hey, where's that piano coming from oh. the sky? Oh my god. And then when it blows up, they're getting their fields torched. Oh shit. <laughs> Gentlemen, I think we got him. <laughs> we and this concludes out. a brief study on the founding genocides of uh, American history. And that's why this happens in the Ogieverse, because this movie is all a facade, right? Because yeah. the real history is totally different, right? Oh, yeah. And then oh. even in this episode, it is established that this history is full of shit. Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> Okay. And yeah, even in, like, when they say that Rudolph uh, establishes the town, uh, and he looks like fucking Abraham Lincoln, right? Uh, for whatever reason, they 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 show that he makes the town the town hall. He makes the park, and then he makes a statue that is dedicated to Thaddeus of a piano falling on a guy, which then gets destroyed by two lightning strikes in a row. Right. So yeah, this the is, original was him scalping somebody. Right. And it's that. And then someone fucking ripped it down, right? They're like, oh, uh-huh. lightning strikes played twice. Nobody could have disliked this thing, right? Why would anyone have thought that the people who helped colonize Virginia did anything wrong? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, we see that uh, then we go back to just uh, Bill Bluff being a narrator and he shows that he like has portraits of just these three guys and nobody else in his house and he says that the bluffs always have been and always will be the first family of bluffington yes sir master we are the only people who there have ever been and they're showing this to the other indoctrinating the elementary school kids right yep (laughs) god (laughs) ours is the only history ours is the only reality Listen and understand. Oh, my God. Well, the tape eventually unravels, probably because someone fucking sabotaged it, because they're like, this is some bullshit. And everybody then just, like, cracks up and starts making hand puppets on the projector. Everybody fucking loves it. (laughs) (laughs) The hogs are oinking. Yes, they love a light source. (laughs) (laughs) Who does it? You know, when they're right, they're right. God. I love me a light source. Yes. Well, Oogie says, while he's trying to untangle himself from the film that has gone everywhere, Oogie says that for Founders Week, apparently there is a whole week. An entire fucking week. (laughs) Dedicated to the bluffs. He says that for Founders Week, they have to... Happy 4th of July, by the way. Yeah, happy... (laughs) They say that they have to form teams and research some part of the town's history to do a project on it, I guess. And so Doug is like, well, everyone else went to the library, those fucking suckers. I've never thought the library was a place you should go. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Doug usually loves the library. But he says they went to the deep, deep into the woods to Pigeon Rock to find artifacts from Bluffingtown. Even though they didn't have Bluffing Town at Pigeon Rock, right? Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> we just learned that Bluffing that Pigeon Rock is not where Bluffington was. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> and they start desperately looking for piano pieces. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. They don't find any. 
strangest thing that the pianos might not have actually existed. Damnedest thing. <laughs> they start just like digging in the ground right on this hill with like garden trowels. And Porkchop finds like a vertebrae or something. And Peter, I called him Peter, and Skeeter <laughs> calls Porkchop hey, a, bone, a bone magnet. Dogs are like bone magnets. <sighs> I mean, we've seen how many fan letters Porkchop gets in the mail. <laughs> yes, sir. Porkchop is a bone magnet. Yep. And Doug is like, well, I guess we can't, I need to dig further in this. So let's dig it with this no trespassing sign. <laughs> oh no, a no trespassing sign. <laughs> Good thing I can't read. <laughs> and so the bluff security guard shows up, which remember, this is Roger's dad, right? We We've established that in our canon, and we see no reason to believe otherwise. <laughs> Until the Disney episodes. Those aren't canon, dad. fuck you. Yeah, uncanon. <laughs> And he has Coach Spitz's voice. So maybe Roger is related to Spitz? Uh, is that, is that, is this a new voice for the security guard? Is this the first time the security guard has had a voice? I, I think, think it so. is, yeah. He's just growled at Doug before he's ever actually said anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it, maybe Spitz and Roger's dad are related. Maybe they're like cousins or something. <laughs> And it turns out that they've been digging on the Bluff Estate this entire time. Uh, even though it's like in the deep woods. The deep woods is the Bluff Estate. I mean, sure, he technically whatever. owns the entire town, so. That's true, actually. There's no public property. I, I don't, other than like Funky Town, which I guess, no, that's publicly owned, or privately owned. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing we have to a public land is the Funky Town. <laughs> In the sense that hell is where we will all go when we die. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the tragedy of the commons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, so the dude, the security guard pulls out like a topographical map. You can't just come in here and punch holes in the bluff estate. The bluff estate? Way out here? That's right. You are here, and I am here. And he points to different elevations. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm high as balls like a right kilometer now, away. Yeah, yeah, they're like multiple kilometers Just away. It's a totally map. unhelpful map that they pulled out. <laughs> I think it's a fake you map. Don't need, yeah, you don't need that map to tell them to get out. I don't think so either. It doesn't make any fucking sense. There's no reason for this map. Mm -hmm. It's got to be fake, right? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who fucking cares? <laughs> And he says, get the fuck out of this land. And so they do. And we cut to Dink's house. And Dink has a very fun book on his shelf. This is the return of Dink. The Dink drought is finally over. He's finally we back. Seen, we haven't seen Dink since the cement ice cream episodes, I believe. I think yeah. so. Well, we saw him in... We saw the, him, yeah. yeah we, we haven't heard him. We haven't, we haven't heard, heard his voice. the Dink. Right. <laughs> We've only seen Dink in the background of Tippy's campaigning. But, so we cut to Dink's house, and he has a book called Chilton's Bone Finder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a third level spell <laughs> This is the best book on bones there is Or at least the most expensive 
Why doesn't he keep this in his secret stash? Remember how he has the secret bookshelf? He needs to refer to it constantly. Right, he needs to find bones with Chilton. (laughs) (laughs) And so Doug shows him this bone that they found. And Dink says it's a pot roast bone. So we're back to the fucking well of pot roast jokes. And they reuse it so many times. There's an entire fantasy dedicated to this joke. And like, you think that there would be a reference to pot roast at the end? You know, for nope. some payoff? Nah. No. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely nah. nothing. Like, like, this is nothing and goes nowhere. Pot roast! This is just like every pot roast reference we've ever seen in this show, right? And they're all the time. Like, do you remember the pot roast of hospitality that Roger was playing in the play? We, yeah. That was... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That was the play about Bluffington, right? Yeah. Oh, weird. shit. Wait a minute. Hold, hold on. There's something to this, right? Because that was in Judy's reimagining of the history of Bluffington play was when she brought out the pot roast. So maybe Judy knew that there was a different... There were people before the bluffs here, right? People and before they were all pot roasts. I'm not really following you here, I think, man. I think pot roast is, again, a symbol, right? Just like how the town was burned down by the trees, right? Or they were clearing the trees to make room for the town. Doug finds evidence of a people who lived here before the pot roasts, Right? And Dink says that's just a pot roast bone because he wants Doug to not look into it. He want he says to Doug, he says that's just pot roast. We don't ask about the pot roast, right? So what type of pot roast is a pine tree? I think they're they're both just symbols because the pine trees were the symbols in the original play, and the pot roast were the symbol in Roger in Judy's play. Because remember the pot roast of hospitality. We've come here to welcome you to our city, right? Just like in these those old tales of the first Thanksgiving where they were friends, right? Look, man, I have an entire pine tree sitting here, and I don't which part's safe to eat. I need help now. <laughs> I think I, this makes sense in my brain. Are you? Does this make sense to you guys? I feel like I have schizophrenia. <laughs> I do, my too. My mouth is full of splinters, and I'm upset. <laughs> I, I am sure that I'm right. <laughs> I am certain. Congratulations, right. and welcome to the club. I am certain that this is deep symbolism, but whatever. We need to move on. <laughs> you guys aren't buying it, so we need to move on. <laughs> no, I buy it. I just... I just uh... I can't think that symbolically. <laughs> Your eyes yeah. are too cross to speak. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're getting a voice in your ear that says, shut him up, shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm nodding and smiling politely. Fair. <laughs> well, all right. So they look in this book and they find that it is a vertebrae. It's in the head section of the book. And they see that it is a vertebrae. Which is where vertebrae are stored. In the head. Yes, in the heads. This section is clearly labeled head, and then it has a zoom-in of a vertebrae. (laughs) (sighs) Wait a minute. Look at this. It's a dinosaur bone. Well, maybe, sort of, I guess. It's not exactly the same, but maybe that's because we've discovered a whole new species. This puts them into a fantasy where, like, they're then putting the neck bone, the vertebrae that they just determined was a vertebrae, they're putting it on the tail of a dinosaur skeleton in the fantasy? Yeah. They are. <laughs> sure, whatever, again. Sure. And they say they're going to go dig it up while Dink continues to scream about pot roasts. 
Yeah, also, there's, like, uh, I mean, they see the vertebrae on a picture of, like, it looks like a T-Rex, but the T-Rex has, like, three spikes on his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very odd. I don't know, man. That might be the new species of dinosaur they're trying to find. <laughs> Well, so they go to the Bluff's house first. They decide that they should go to the Bluff estate. And they talk, they see that the Bluff family, that meaning Bibi and her mom and dad, are playing croquet on the lawn. And Doug goes to tell Mr. Bluff, and nobody else, only Mr. Bluff, he says that this might be the most important discovery in modern science. That's probably right. <laughs> Can't think of anything science should do that's more important than that. What about looking for the center of flat Earth? The center of flat Earth is the subject of sorceress understanding. Oh, yeah, and we already found it. It's been found, and now the wizards have to figure out how to tap it for gold. (laughs) That's where where King Kong and Godzilla come from. I'm not even joking. That's that's where they uh, they come from because they have to stay down there, though, because they have to stop Hitler from doing anything because he lives down there, too. (laughs) <laughs> this is what uh, up, Argentina. This is what they kind of believe. <laughs> this is what Hollow Earthers actually believe. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay, so Google well, Flat Earth people. Yeah, and Hollow Earth. Well, We're in the truth. Of course. Well, so Bluff scowls when Doug asks him this, and he says that while he he's impressed that they came to him for permission, but then he fucking punches Doug in the chest and tells him he can't do it. Owned. Well, I must say, I'm impressed that you fine young man came all the way over here to get my permission. Then we can dig? Absolutely not. Better quit, you loser. <laughs> That's what he says. He says, just like remember when you cl- quit your business, now you're gonna, now you gotta quit this too. <sighs> and so they imagine that since they can't go out there, they should tunnel there because they see the security guard is patrolling the area in a golf cart with a siren on it, and they imagine tunneling under him. And then it collapsing, and then the, the Bluff house also collapses into it, and Mr. Bluff continues to berate them. <laughs> yeah, they dig the wrong way, and they cause the collapse of Mr. Bluff's house. I just wish it was that easy to take out. <laughs> Never mind. Not actually. Never Not mind. Actionable. Never mind. Parody. Cut him off. Cut him off. Parody. <laughs> he wishes it was that easy to kill yourself in a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, so they finally they finally decide to talk to Bibi, the person who was ostensibly their friend. <laughs> and they go in hot. They don't even say hello to her. And they're just like, hey, you should let us uh, dig in your house. <laughs> and this is the line that Bibi responds with this, I think, is one of the most critical lines in this entire episode. Bibi says, I forget my daddy's dirt and work on finding something else for your history project. Yeah, that's an interesting bit of phrasing. <laughs> it's so important, I think, because this really supports our, our theories that this is all a cover-up, right? That this, none of this is real, that the bluffs don't own this by, like, real divine right of kings, right? Oh, you found some bones somewhere on my dad's property? 
Go somewhere else, you little shits. Stop digging for dirt, Doug. You don't know what you'll find. <laughs> Mayor White's predecessor died under normal circumstances, Doug. <laughs> don't go looking in the ice cream factory, Doug. <laughs> you'll Call the cops. See what happens. <laughs> you'll, you Roger will answer. <laughs> Roger's dead. You, you think you think that cop is private security? No, he's part of the Bluffington Police Force. He is the Bluffington Police Force. You might wonder why Mr. Swirly is pouring concrete in his in his factory. Don't go looking in the concrete. God. Small town America is a great place, folks. Indeed. Well, so they ignore her, obviously, and they're just like, hey, we'll name the dinosaur after you. And she's like, sick, it can be called BB the Dinosaur. Yeah, they first suggest BB-saurus and BB-dactyl, which, you know, not scientific, but close enough. And then she's like, no, BB the Dinosaur. Like a three-year-old. You know what I'm with her. She's like, wait a minute, why does fucking Barney get to have a dinosaur named after him? (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) I want Beavy the dinosaur, not Barney. God. Well, so they go to dig, right? They go out there. And they dig, uh, like, they're, they're, they start digging, and then the cop shows up again, who BB reveals his name is Fitz Prison. Fitz Prison! <laughs> Miss BB! Get me some bug spray! Yes, Miss BB! Is that Polish? <laughs> Is it mean from prison? <laughs> like I will I have know. you know that the not all poles are in prison. Only most of us. <laughs> okay. One thing I I should have brought this up earlier. One thing I was laughing about when they were trying to think about how to get around the guard. If Doug was just like, "What if we seduce him?" Like when they do they do the same fantasy with uh uh what the James Bond guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just the Mrs. Wingo fantasy from that one awful episode, but yeah, it's got the, the, co- the cop is hot now. Yeah, it's, it's just a cop with the big cop's tits. Head pasted <laughs> on. Yes. It's the same guy that he's like, he's still got the same like aftershave. No smash. You know that stuff goes straight to my head. <laughs> Hello, Smash. God. Oh, shit. Why didn't you tell me what a fascinating creature you were, Mr. Fitz Prison. <laughs> God, that's even a Bond girl name. Christ. It is. Yeah, Mr. Fitz Prison. Oh, shit. Give me Doug's bunny. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, so when Fitz Prison shows up, BB's just like, go away and get me bug spray. And he's like, okay, and then leaves. Problem solved. Yes. And they obviously don't find shit, even though they dig all day. And then Doug remembers the opening fantasy, like from the beginning of the episode, but instead of a T Rex now, it is a pot roast chasing. Oh them. my god, it's the funniest goddamn thing! <laughs> so it's, fucking it's, funny. It's it's pot roast Rick, folks. <laughs> god. I turned myself into an interminable fucking joke, Morty. Oh my god. 
Well, baby says you tricked me. You didn't find shit. Well, <laughs> baby, we're introducing you to the concept of an investment that doesn't pay out. You'll oh, be yeah. thankful for this in a couple of years when you go big into Theranos. Oh. Doug just loves having people watch him dig holes. That's such a good trick. <laughs> Wait, has he done it before? No. Oh. I'm, I genuinely, that genuinely sounded like a Doug plot to me, <laughs> which is why I had to question. Doug just fucking loves saying, watch me dig this hole. <laughs> I mean, come to think of it, that is a more metaphorical description of every oh. goddamn Doug plot. Hey, watch me yeah. dig this hole. That's a metaphorical description. Hey, Patty, want yeah. me to cream you again? That's a metaphorical description of when Doug did the magic tricks for Patty, and she's like, I gotta go. He's like, watch me dig this hole. <laughs> <laughs> now watch this drive. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so... Then the guard drives up with Mr. Bluff in tow in the golf cart. And fucking tattletale. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, you're doing his job. And Bluff fucking screams at them. What have you done? Well, we were just. Don't you answer me when I ask you a question. Such a cop line. <laughs> Decent gag, though. I'll give it to him. It's yes. pretty good, but also like. It's the only line I liked in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a brief, shining line of mediocrity in the middle of a sea of garbage. Indeed. Well, BB also immediately rats on them and starts crying. And Bluff shows them another sign and says, Can't you read? Which we know no, Doug no. can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, sir, I cannot. And I think that means that Doug, it probably just says no trespassing, but Doug is like, he makes it all about himself. And so he says, Private property, no digging, not even one hole. Ah, the zero holes policy that I also share. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Sam no, is I the think first person on Earth who has no orifices. <laughs> well, no, I think I think this is Doug. He, we know he can't read, and so he's like, "Oh shit!" The sign must say exactly the crime we're committing right now, so he says it. <laughs> Actually, the sign reads, "I'm going to murder you, and the bodies will never be found." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I jokingly said when I saw the the description of this episode, I jokingly said, "Damn, I bet Mister there Doug's gonna find some fucking bodies on Mister Bluff's property." And what do, know, shot. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? Well, so. He puts the sign down. He, like, knocks it into the ground, and it hits something. And he goes, oh, my God, there is something down there. And so Bluff calls a full-on fucking evacu- excavation team full of more Dr. Seuss machines. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, because they dig, like, 40 feet into the <laughs> ground, even though the fucking sign <laughs> couldn't go a- a- an inch into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> And so Bluff comes out of the pit and he shows that he has dug up a full-on fucking skeleton with like a crown of bones around his head and holding a club sitting on a bench. Which, of course, begs the question, whose bones are on his crown and where did Doug's vertebrae come from? (laughs) Right. Yeah. How did they put the skeleton back together? Why did they put the skeleton on a bench? I, I think that this skeleton was perfectly preserved in something down low, right? Well, then how did, how did he get the vertebrae out of there? 
I think it was from something else. <laughs> they just extracted the vertebrae for a random reason. It was an ancient tradition of the oh. kings of old Bluffington to be have vertebrae scattered around their uh, tombs to ward off. Maybe ghosts. it was maybe it was supposed to be that caveman's pot roast, and they cut the joke. <laughs> maybe it was. That would have that would have actually like squared the circle if it was an actual fucking pot roast. <laughs> that would have actually made it slightly yes. funny. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was hire me. Maybe it was Thaddeus Bluff's vertebrae. <laughs> After he got fucking killed by the locals. Uh, well, Bluff says this changes history as we know it. The great Thaddeus Bluff was not the first man here. I've discovered the true prehistoric founder of Bluffington. I have discovered that there were people in America before me. Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Time to change the narrative such that it was someone who was also in our family. <laughs> Don't ask why exactly it was that the ancestral, like, Neanderthal man was definitely also a member of the family. This is kind of like the whole Mormon thing where they are the <laughs> only true inheritors of the kingdom of God. Because oh, man. Native Americans were somehow in a pact with Satan. Look, Mormonism is weird. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I like I can't believe nobody was like, "Hey, h- how do you know you're related?" <laughs> I, I I think that the people in this town have just been so conditioned to yeah, listen. Yeah, sub- to to just be conditioned to listen to the word of bluff, right? Like, also, I think let's that- be real. Would you pay attention to the word of bluff if it was told to you? Like, is there? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> who cares? You have first right on nights of marriage, whatever. <laughs> oh God. Well, that's why they have to show him, they have to indoctrinate him with this old-ass movie, right? They show the elementary school kids this movie. And they have the week's worth of fucking celebrations of just how great I, the bluff patriarch, am. And And my heirs will also be. And, like, we know that this is such a insular town, right? They have that, like, closed-circuit TV. Like, they have the entertainment that only exists in this town, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they have the Beats, who are uh, only a Bluffington act, but they're, of course, they're world-famous, right? But they're still able to show up at Doug's fucking elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) This is is all local propaganda, right? This entire thing. This is a propaganda microclimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> well, so Skeeter is just pissed that Bluff is taking the credit for finding it. And we cut to Mr. Bluff opening a Bluff museum for his family, like the museum of the, the Bluffington family. And the opening is packed. They're probably all required to be here. Yeah, it's like North Korea. <laughs> yes. The Bluff family welcomes you to the Bluff Museum for the history of the Bluff family. And so I give you my earliest ancestor, Bluffus Erectus. Yes, Same. sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. He doesn't even have a dick bone, though. <laughs> That's the one the dog found. It's not yes. actually oh. a dick bone. Yeah, it was a little can of tuna he had. <laughs> <laughs> and Ogie is also there. He's So this, this the town has to be there, right? Ogie is there, and he says, You boys deserve an A for uncovering the first inhabitant of Fluffington, even though they didn't write a fucking report or anything. <laughs> And also, Fentruck is here. <laughs> He's in this shot, and he doesn't say anything. He's just standing next to Oki. 
Yeah, you know, right. it's gotta be in the background. It's I guess. imperative that Fentruck is here. Of course. <laughs> Whatever. And also on the walls of this museum are three uh, the portraits of those same three bluffs. And then a bluff is erectus sign, and then uh, also ape. <laughs> pictured ape. Yes. It's also like it's a blink. You, like you would think for the gag that they're about to do that this would be more prominent, mm. but they have a like a drawing of what Bluffus Erectus looks like, and it just looks like Dink. Yeah, but it's only there for like half of a second. <laughs> yeah. I only saw it on my second watch through. Yeah, like it's there doing like wait. If we make it too obvious, then the joke won't work. And then they <laughs> spend the last full fucking minute of the episode on this one joke. Yeah, because Mr. Dink is standing in front of the Bluffus Erectus sign, then moves past it. And so the thing is, it is a drawing. It is an artist's interpretation of what they assume Bluffus Erectus looks like, right? But they draw him exactly like Mr. Dink. Like, uh-huh. the skeleton doesn't look like... You look at a head, a skeleton of a person, it's not going to tell you what their fucking face looks like, right? <laughs> I'll God. have you know that I have a host of very important uh, <laughs> craniometric documents dating back to the 1930s that say not only can I tell you what their oh. face looks like, I can also tell you what their ethnic composition and what their IQ is based on them. Well, I guess all the people is. who did this will be executed later we'll on. We'll get to cranial state. science in the next episode. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. God, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, yeah. Next episode, we're going down that well. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah, so apparently it's supposed to look like Mr. Dink. And then Mr. Dink sits next to the skeleton and starts talking to it, thinking it's a person. Excuse me, is this seat taken? Say, you look familiar to me. Don't I know you from somewhere? Well, it sure seems like I do. <laughs> and then they're the guy, though the boys are like, oh... Wait a minute, did Dink find found this town? Nah. And so, that's it. <laughs> so, when I, I, I saw in a museum, I forget which museum it was, I saw a mummy exhibit where they had, like, actual mummies there. Uh-huh. And as you're going in, it had a sign being like, please remember that these were human beings once, so please be respectful. (laughs) And the idea of you just going down and sitting next to a skeleton and being like, hey, buddy, what's up? And (laughs) adding it on the bones is so fucking wild. to wind your watch. There's even even ropes around it saying that, like, imply don't come in here, but Dink just fucking waltzes in there. That's how they do the fucking joke is he has them talk to a skeleton. Dink Dink is currently Dink is on that shit Mrs. Wingo is on. Dink is three sheets (laughs) to the fucking wind. Everybody is very happy Dink does not throw up on the skeleton. (laughs) Dink is also sitting on the bench that they found the skeleton on in the pit. The skeleton is still on there. (sighs) Oh my god. Okay, new conspiracy theory. What? This was not actually the prehistoric founder of Bluffington they found. They found some guy who the Bluffs killed and put in that bone crown getup and hastily entombed. Like, ah, you found a prehistoric person. Yeah. And you know what? We gotta start burying our victims out of state. And and it's one of uh, Mr. Ding's relatives, but Tippy is in on it. And that's why she was able to win. That's why she was able to win the mayorship. Right? 
Yeah, they had, Tiffy had Tiffy had dirt on the bluffs. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, why Dink is doing me. this. Dink is not even Dink is not a stupid asshole enough to wander <laughs> on up to a skeleton and say, "Hey, do you got the time?" No, yeah. Dink is doing this as a very interesting power play on bluffs, saying, "Hey, want to make a show out of this, buddy?" Oh, I think because... if you make a show out of this, it could be. Very expensive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is this could be like okay, because we this know is where that, he gets his money. Yes. Oh shit! Because this is because okay. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. So this is like Mr. Dink's brother or something. Because Tippy Tippy doesn't really look like Mr. Dink that much aside no. from the skin tone, right? So this is Mr. This is Bud Dink's brother. Mr. Bluff killed him off for some reason, or like accidentally did. Maybe he died in Bluffco, right? And then they paid off Mr. Dink and also put Tippy in a mayor position. And they were like, "You keep this quiet. This could sink us, right?" And you're right. This is Mr. Dink fucking being like, "You know what I, I could do for a you. living." I'm a writer. Oh. I don't write much, but all you need to do is write the right things to the right people. He's a fucking journalist. That's what it is. He's a blackmailer. That's all this oh, is. That's like, it's just pure, I know what you fucking did, asshole. And oh if I go God. away, there are some very, in- some people are going to read some very interesting things very promptly. That's great. I love that. Holy shit. He's like, yeah, I could write an expose that could sink your entire family. I've got very expensive tastes, but I know people. And that's why you remember. Okay, holy shit! Do you remember? This is all bringing it in circle. You remember that episode when Miss the Hamburger Boy episode when Mister Dink was like, "I can't do it because I have to go out of town. I have to go back out of town for a work conference." It was Mister Dink comes back to Hamburger Boy, of course. Yeah, it was Mister Dink going out of town for a work meeting, and we were like, "Where the fuck is he going? Who is he talking to? He's a writer. He's going out of town to get like the, the dirt solidified to like yes. put a Dropbox to put like a Dropbox." of the 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 uh of his writing about like what the bluffs did in case they ever betray him right yes he's setting up a dead man switch and because he's setting up the dead man switch he didn't plan it out he had to have somebody else be hamburger boy to provide an (laughs) alibi for him that's what it was was i swear you must keep secret the hamburger boy yes i was in town the whole time yes don't you see hamburger boy was there and that's why it's such a fucking secret that day oh my god Holy shit, this is everything. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, I was going to ask some more dumb questions about the lore of this, but I don't care anymore. This is <laughs> this is it. Holy crap. We've uncovered the darkest secret in Bluffington. The real treasure was knowledge. Horrible, <laughs> unforgettable knowledge. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Dink gets up close to Bill Bluff and he goes, the treasure was knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> this knowledge was very expensive. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. I love this. I had a brother once <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and that's why that's why he's doing the watch thing with the, the skeleton too because it's a fucking very expensive watch and he's like Wait, this is what i bought oh fuck what, what if it's his kid and that's why he's dual income no kids oh, oh no god no <laughs> that makes it a lot sadder all of a sudden but it's also yeah tracks holy shit man and that's why this whole area of the deep woods is restricted yeah nobody oh, would get around it covered in bodies it's covered in bodies fuck me 
Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> so what do we think the moral is? I, I can't think about the moral. I'm still Me thinking either. about Doug's Bunny. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Doug's Bunny and also uh, go digging on rich people's property. Only good things will happen to you. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's call this Zero holes allowed. Oh, my God. Zero holes forever. Great. Well, let's call this one here. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.